0: Good morning, seminary family. I would like to welcome all of you who are here um, on site. And for those of you who are watching online, thank you for joining us. Um, This is the first seminary worship of the semester. And um, for some of you, this may be your very first seminary worship of your seminary experience. Um, If this is your first worship, I'd like to especially um, welcome you and we pray that the seminary experience will be a blessing for you as you train to be a blessing for others. Um, you might have recognized that there were a lot of asian faces up here um, seeing the praises and i'm um, um, doing scripture reading and myself and um, this happens to be asian heritage month and um, the seminary wanted to honor the asian culture so we greatly thank you for doing so and um, um, i represent the yellow faces this morning so um, um, i just uh, but you know in jesus christ for all amen amen so you know it, the blood of Christ brings us all cultures together, and um, there's not one culture better than the other. We're all honored in Jesus. Uh, we're all blessed to be a part of the family. So this morning, um, the title of my message is Three Days in the Wilderness, and we are going to look at the story of the Exodus. Now, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul looks at the story of the Exodus, and he tells us that the stories are written in Scripture and delivered to us, especially for those of us who are living in the last days. So whatever we stories that we see in the story of the Exodus must be relevant for us who are living in the last days of earth's history. Now, if you go to Exodus chapter 3, let's actually open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at several verses together, and it's going to be a lot easier for you to look at the scriptures um, to follow along with with the sermon today. And we're starting with Exodus chapter 3, where God calls Moses in the burning bush. And as you know, Moses has been a shepherd for 40 years at this point, and he's not feeling worthy to go to, to, the, to, to Egypt to deliver the Israelites. And God says in verse 9 of chapter 3, Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And this is such a beautiful gospel message that will be delivered to the Israelites. Now they are going to be delivered from bondage, from slavery. Now that's the main thing. Now, when you're trying to join a website, you know, if you're wanting to to log into a website and join a website, you you go in, you're wanting to benefit from from that website, so you put your name and your address, and so on and so forth. And right before you click join, there is a section that says terms and conditions. And it asks you the questions, have you read the terms and conditions? And of course, all of us, you, we bear false witness, and we say that we have read the terms and conditions, and we join the website. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the terms and conditions of coming out of Egypt. What does God particularly tell Moses to tell Pharaoh? Go to verse 18 with me, and it's a it's a detail that we very often overlook. Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. It says, "Then they will heed your voice." the Israelites, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now please let us go how many days? Three days' journey into the where? Into the wilderness, so that we may do what? That we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. As I was growing up and reading this passage, I always wondered, why three days? Why a sacrifice three days' journey into the wilderness? And we forget about it. And Moses probably knew that we would have just clicked on the, I have read the terms and conditions. And and he wanted to repeat that so that we do not forget those terms and conditions. So Exodus chapter 5, verse 3, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh and they say, deliver the message of God. And they say, so they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go how many days? Three days journey into the where? Into the desert so that we may do what? So that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And Moses must have been quite worried that we overlooked that second mention. So in Exodus chapter 8 verse 27, we see that very same detail yet again. After the fourth plague, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh has been hardening his heart again and again, and in Exodus 8, verse 27, he says, we will go how many days? Three days' journey into the where? Into the wilderness, and we will do what? We will sacrifice to the Lord our God. So whatever is going to happen on the third day must be something quite amazing. God must have had something stored amazing for the Israelites on the third day. Now, the Israelites begin the Exodus in chapter 12 and verse 37. It says, Then the children of Israel, they journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides Children, so the Israelites—they have begun um, on the night of the Passover. They begin their journey, but however, the three days have not begun just yet. The three days of, of the three days will actually commence when they step foot into the wilderness. So, if you—if let's say we go to Niagara Falls from here, uh, the Canadian side. So. So I'll tell you, take 94 to the west and take 69 up north and and head west, and then you'll see the Blue Water Bridge. And three hours into Canada, you will reach Niagara Falls. Now the three hours does not begin here in Berrien Springs. The three hours into Canada begins when you step foot on Canada. So they go from Ramesses to Sukkoth. And from Sukkoth, where do they go to? Exodus chapter 13, verse 20. It says, so they took their journey from Sukkoth, and they camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. So, they start from Ramesses, they go to Sukkoth, they've come to Etham, and they are right at the edge of the wilderness, which means when they leave Etham, the three days of journey into the wilderness will commence, and at the third day, what are they going to do? They will offer a sacrifice to God, because God has a wonderful blessing in store for them on the third day. Now, what happens? If we go to Exodus chapter 14, what is the title of the chapter? The Red Sea Crossing. And as you know, the Israelites are right before the Red Sea. There is the pillar of of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night that is protecting them and guiding them. And one day they look behind. They're they're right in Etham. They're they're right by the Red Sea. They look behind, and there is an Egyptian army coming after them. And what do they do? They're complaining to Moses. They're complaining to God as if the ten plagues have, have never happened, as if they have never seen the miracles of God being performed in Egypt, they, they forget all about that and they start complaining and they say to Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt that we should have died there? And of course, you know, the story goes that, that, that Moses lifts up his hands and, and the, the Red Sea is now parted and the Israelites are able to go through. And in Exodus chapter 15, there is an awesome worship session. There is an awesome praise session. They're having a, a revival meeting and people are, are thrilled for the fact that they have crossed over the Red Sea and that their enemies are now killed probably the best worship service that you could have ever attended. Now we come back to Exodus chapter 15 and we go to the main part of the message now. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 22. It says, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went, how many days? Three days into the where? Into the wilderness. So what do they do? They sacrifice to God. Yes or no? That's not what the passage says. They go three days into the wilderness. This is what they've been waiting for. This is why they have come out of Egypt. They are now just about to offer a sacrifice, but the Bible doesn't tell us that they offered a sacrifice. There is a turn of events here. They go three days into the wilderness, and they find no water. First day, they must have been thirsty, but it's okay. It's just a day. And they're, they're, they're thrilled over what happened the past day. The second day, getting, they're getting antsier, they, The kids are complaining. The cattle and the sheep and, and the animals are suffering. And the third day, they can't take it anymore. And they are not able to find any water. Sacrifice? What sacrifice? Forget about it. And they complain to God. They complain to Moses. Now, three days of suffering followed by sacrifice is a common pattern that you see in the Old Testament. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Keep your bookmarks in Exodus chapter 15. We're going to come back to it. But go to Genesis chapter 22, a story that we all know very well. Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, God says to, to Abraham, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So how many days does Abraham travel? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and verse 4 says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes. It was the most, it was the most excruciating pain that he has experienced in his life, the, the three hardest days of his life. And at the end of three days, he's on the top of Mount Moriah, and he lifts up his hand, and he is, he is just about to sacrifice his son. God had not appeared to him in the three days and he told him, you know what, it's just a test. I'm actually going to not kill him. God has never indicated that. At the end of three days, Abraham is willing to sacrifice. Go to Jonah chapter 2 with me. Jonah chapter 2 you see another story in the Bible Jonah chapter 1 actually 1 verse 17 it says now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish how many days three days and three nights must have been quite pleasant in there huh I don't know about you, but um, I I grew up not eating fish. And the the smell of fish doesn't sit too well with me, honestly. But to be inside of a fish for three days, no thank you. And again, there is no indication by God that that after three days, Jonah, it's just going to be three days. After three days, you're going to come out, so don't worry. You don't see that indication. But what does Jonah pray in the belly of the fish? Verse 9, verse 8 and 9, it says, Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. And verse 9 says, But I will do what to you, God? But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Where is he praying this prayer? After he has vomited out? No, he is praying this prayer in the belly of the fish during the three days. God, I will sacrifice to you. I will sacrifice to you of thanksgiving. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. One more story, Esther chapter 4. In Esther chapter 4, what happens? Haman is trying to kill the Israelites and Mordecai sends a messenger to, to Esther, and Esther invites all the Israelites to come together and to pray for how many days and nights? They, they come together and they pray for three days and three nights without eating and drinking. And again, there is no indication that, that God sent a messenger to, to Esther after three days, it's going to be okay, there is no indication. And yet, what does Esther decide to do? She she stands up and firmly says, if I what? If I perish, I perish. At the end of three days, I am willing to sacrifice my life for the sake of the people. There's no hope in sight. And yet, these people were willing to offer a sacrifice to God. So why was it that God commanded the Israelites to offer a sacrifice after three days? We see the answer in Psalm 106. Let's go to Psalm 106 in the last passage that we will look at. Psalm 106, verse seven. It, this psalm is, is looking back at the history of Israel, and it, and it talks about the Exodus story, starting from verse 7. It says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. But what did they do? But rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake. And what happens, verse 11, the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. Moses and and Miriam, they're they're leading a a praise session. They're having an awesome revival meeting. People are thrilled, and their spirits are lifted high. But, verse 13 says, they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted, exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. In verse 15, it says, and he gave them their request. Now, whether they complained or sacrificed to God, God was going to give them water. God providing water was not dependent on whether they were going to sacrifice or not. Matthew 5.45 tells us that that God sends, that that the sun rises to the evil and the good alike, and, and and the rain comes down to the righteous and the unrighteous alike. Whether they sacrifice, whether they complain, God was going to give them water. But however, the verse goes on to say in verse 15, it says, but God sent what into their soul? God sent leanness into their soul. This was the opportunity for them to grow in their faith when there was no water are you willing when there was no water were the israelites willing to offer a sacrifice to god and if they had done so rather than sending leanness into their soul this would have strengthened their faith It was not in the Red Sea crossing. It was not in the worship session and the praise session and the revival meeting that they were having right by the Red Sea that their faith would have grown. Their faith would have grown when they would have responded to to suffering and a lack of water by sacrifice. Had they done so, rather than receiving a leanness into their soul, God would have strengthened their faith. As we go about the semesters, you will have up, you will have ups and downs throughout the semester and there will be days you receive an A from your professor, there will be days that you receive the opposite. There will be days that, that you do not have money in your bank account to pay for your bills. You will have days that you are waiting for your, for, from, from your employees to call you and, 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 and tell you that you've been hired. But there will also be days that, that you will receive calls and say, I'm sorry. What will be our responses in those moments? Why three days? I suppose that the third days are usually the hardest. I haven't fasted for multiple days, but those who have, to have done so, they tell me that the third day is the hardest. You can't go three days without water. They were pushed to the very end. And God is asking them, in that very moment, are you willing to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to me as we go through other semesters as you're facing your lows lift up your head to Christ and ask for a spirit of thanksgiving and offer yourself as a living sacrifice and offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord in those moments and God will not send leanness into your soul you will see your faith growing in those moments Moments. Let, our bow our heads, let us bow our heads for prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the, these words in the book of Exodus. Lord, we thank you for this, this, these examples that we see in the scriptures. We see, we see Abraham, we see Esther, we see Jonah. Despite going through the hardest times of their lives, at the end of those three days, they were willing to offer a sacrifice to you. Some of us may be going through those times right now. Some of us may be experiencing valleys of shadows of death. Whatever experience we may be going through, Lord, may we be willing to give our all to you. May we be willing to recognize the things that you have done for us. May we be willing to recognize how you have been a blessing to you, and may we offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to you. Bless all the seminarians and all their families as they go through the semester. Lord, I pray that this semester will be a blessing for each and every one of them. For this is my prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.